Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode. Happy Friday, November 4th. Penguins do not play again today, so it was another good day, I think, for you all. But they do play on Saturday. They'll play the Seattle Kraken at PBG Paints Arena. They'll return home as they try to snap the six-game skid. Excuse me, we're going to preview that game, go into some keys for the Penguins to win, look at the Seattle Lions. We're also going to touch on the Penguins Lions, if there's going to be any changes to the lineup, specifically the defense. There also, I think, could be a couple of at least one forward returning from injury. We'll get to that. And we'll also touch on a couple of other things regarding the team right now. So that's all coming up right after this drop. Your Locked On Penguins. Your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. You can also follow the show's Twitter at underscore Penguins. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. That is Bet Online, where the game starts. So let's jump right into it. Penguins cracking Saturday night, 7 p.m. start at PBG Paints Arena. I can't say enough how big this game is for the Penguins. And, you know, usually I don't think I, I mean, I don't remember the last time I've ever even said that about a game in November team starts slow to begin with. And I know they were five and six and four last year, though they did not have Sidney Crosby and getting Malkin for most of those games. But when you're on a six game skid like this and you're towards the bottom of the standings right now, after being at the top um, start of the season, you got to start banking points. And, you know, it's time to, I know the Kraken have only been a franchise for, two years now, <laughs> basically this is their second season, but you know, you got to start banking points and th- this is a big one for the Penguins. They'll welcome the Kraken in after losing to them three to one uh, just last weekend. Funny enough, that was a one, nothing game for a bit. The Kraken were able to tie it and then they were able to take the two, one lead late in the second period. Thanks to an awful pass from Kasperi captain. He literally put the puck into no man's land. And then they're able to get the empty netter in the eight late stage of the third period. The Penguins had a push, but they were not able to solve Martin Jones. For some reason, he decides to play like God every time um, he plays the Penguins. So getting into the Kraken's lineup right now. So Andre Burakovsky, Alexander Wenberg, and Alfred Brookstrand. We all know Burakovsky with his time in Colorado and Washington. He's been a little bit of a Penguin killer over the years. Bjorkstrand, usually good for 20 to 25 goals as well. Jaden Schwartz, super underrated player from St. Louis. Uh, Matthew Beniers, not a bad second line center. And... The player who needs no introduction, Jordan Everly, as I said last weekend, and it came true. If you don't bet, and, and if you are a betting person and you don't bet an anytime goal score prop for Jordan Everly, seek help. Seriously, seek help. That is probably the freest money you will ever win. I said that last weekend. I will say it again now. He scores every single time he plays the Penguins. It's just. That was how it is. He did it when he was with Edmonton. He did it a crap time when he was with the Islanders. And now he's doing it when he's with the Kraken. So I 1,000% expect him to score in that game on Saturday. Yanni Gord with Brandon Tanev on the third line. Shane Wright, it looks like, has finally gotten back in the lineup. I don't really know why he's been a healthy scratch for most this year. The guy was a top five pick in the draft. So a lot of people thought he was going to go number one. But, you know, the Canadians had other ideas with Slavkovsky and then he uh, fell down a little bit further, but you know, I think Seattle just has to see what they have in him at this point. And then 
Uh, Daniels, Braun, Morgan, Geeky, Ryan Donato as their fourth line. Vince Dunn, Adam Larson on the top pairing. Jimmy Alexiak, Justin Schultz on the second pairing. Carson Sosie, William Morgan um, as the third defensive pairing. And then, again, Martin Jones and Joey, jo- uh, Joey Decord for their goaltenders. I would probably expect Martin Jones to start in that game again. So that's a look at Seattle's lineup. Um, the Penguins, when they played them the last time, very low event game, I would say. And also... It kind of didn't help with the Penguins. They played the night before that. That's just, that's tough. You know, you play against Vancouver. You don't really look that good. And then you, you travel the next day, basically. Well, probably in the middle of the night. You get there and then you play a very low event first period. Second period's kind of the same. And then the third period, you make a little bit of a push, but they just didn't, they just don't have enough. And then that leads to a 3-1 loss and, you know, I, I thought for the most part, because that was the game Casey DeSmith played. I thought DeSmith played good in that game. He he gave them a chance to win that game. But, you know, when you only score one goal, especially against Martin Jones, who's usually one of the worst goaltenders in the league, <clears throat> excuse me, um, that's just, that's that's not going to do anything for you. So, on the Penguins, obviously will need to score more than one goal if they want to win this game. A um, couple other game notes here. I, I love getting the game notes from the Penguins. Uh, PR team just because they have a lot of really good stuff um, in here. Um, Penguins, at least th- th- this game is at home so far this season. They're three and zero and one at home. They're also ten and three and one in their last fourteen home games against Western Conference opponents. Um, I still can't believe this stat when I look at it. Josh Archibald has goals in back-to-back games for only the third time in his career. A goal in this one would establish a new career-long goal-scoring streak. So he's never gone three games in a row with scoring a goal. Now that I said that he may, and again, it's, I don't think it's a bad thing to say that he's probably been one of their better bottom sixers this season. And, you know, usually that's not good just because, you know, if he's one of your best bottom sixers, you usually don't have a lot down there, but I think that also just goes to show how badly the bottom six has struggled with the Penguins and, you know, Archibald credit to him, three goals, through the first 11 games, that's a 20, basically a 22 goal per 82 game pace. Usually he's at about a 12 goal per 82 game pace, 13 goal per 82 pace. Uh, or at least that's what he was just a few years ago. Last season, he didn't really get to play much with injuries and, you know, the whole COVID-19 stuff, which I'm not going to get into for this episode. But, you know, when he's healthy, you know, he's he's usually decently well, uh, decently good, excuse me, Um. For double digit goals. Sidney Crosby is still on 900 watch. He sits one assist away from becoming only the 20th player in NHL history to record 900 career assists. This game will also mark his 1,120th career game. And if he does get it here, he would be the sixth fastest player in NHL history to record 900 assists. And the only other players to record 900 assists faster than him, here you go, Scott. Wayne Gretzky, 584 games. The era that he played in was crazy, but it's also nuts to see just how good Wayne Gretzky was. Mario Lemieux, 771. Paul Coffey, 991. That's awesome. Adam Oates, 1,056. And Ron Francis, 1,108. I think if Sid had not missed a lot of time due to the concussions and due to other injuries, he probably would have been the fourth fastest. I mean, I think he would definitely would have beaten Ron Francis's record would have passed Adam Oates, who was at 1056. Um, you know, he would only be behind two former penguins in Lemieux and, and coffee. And then of course, 
um, Wayne Gretzky. So that's awesome. Hopefully he does get his 900th point in that game. Another cool stat for you all. Um, so, you know, I, I was looking at this to make sure. Um, yeah, the Penguins, they're well represented in the NHL's top 20 of all time list. Obviously with Ron Francis with all-time assists, he's second. Yarmir Yager's fifth. Paul Coffey's sixth. Lemieux is 12th. Mark Reckie is 15th. Larry Murphy is 17th. Brian Trottier is 19th. And Sidney Crosby is 20th. Um, Sid will easily um, pass Mark Reckie, I think. Um, by the time his career is over, heck, you know, he's easily going to get over 1,000 um, assists by the time his career is over. Mar- Mary Lemieux only ended his career with 1,033. Sid's at 899 right now. I mean, what? He needs 130 more assists. He, he should easily be able to break that record. Um by the end of his career. So those are some cool stats for this game. Um, overall, though, the Penguins, for the keys to win this game for me, um, fast start. Obviously, you know, you want to get that first goal. You really want to jump on the crack and quick. Goaltending, goaltending, goaltending. I know I harp on this so much, but lately the goaltending hasn't been good enough. If the Penguins are able to get at least one more save in either of those two games against Buffalo or Boston, the team is six and four and one right now. And how many people are pissed off? Like, is everyone saying, oh, they should tank or, oh, they're not going to make make the playoffs? No, everyone's like, oh, yeah, cut parades back on and all that other stuff. They were in great position to win both those games. They didn't get the save. Casey DeSmith was really bad on a couple of go- goals. Tristan Jari was not that good. I would expect Tristan to start in this game against Seattle. Um, he's going to need to be a lot better, to say the least. Also, of course, the penalty kill. The PK has to stop basically spotting the opposition a goal every game. That is what it is doing right now. It's one of the worst units in hockey. They play that stupid diamond right now that is just very annoying to watch it set up. You know, I understand that they're trying to protect the house, but it's way too passive. And again, they are spotting the opposition a goal on a nightly basis. If they are able to get that in check, I really think that could be the big key to getting this team back on track because obviously the goaltending will, you know, hopefully not be as leaky with that. And hopefully, and then in turn also, the players will be able to get in the front of the shooting lanes, block some shots, and also help their goalie out by getting some clears. I think that's been a big issue so far on the penalty kill this year. As at the Penguins, they just have not been getting the clears. You know, it's not just, oh, the goaltending is not in the 99th percentile for goals saved above expected or save percentage for the penalty kill, like Tristan Jari and Casey DeSmith were last year, especially Tristan Jari. It's part of that because it's not that, because he's not that good on the PK so far, but it's also personnel-wise, and it's also the fact that, again, they're just not being aggressive enough, and they're not getting clears when they need to. So that is also a big key for me, and, you know, just... Playing loose, you know, obviously the team is upset. They should be coming out firing in this game, especially if it's a home game. You really want to show the fans something in this game. You have to get back on the winning track. Those are my main keys to winning this game. You got to keep, you know, I think the core obviously has to be good. And I hopefully the depth. I want to see the depth players really come through in this one. You know, you can't, as Rob Rossi told me on my Thursday episode, you can't leave it up all to the top six. You're going to have to get depth scoring from your bottom two lines. I know Josh Archibald has three goals this year. Other than that, a lot of those players have really not been seen, and um, it's it's a big problem right now. So we'll have to see what happens with that. So those are my main keys for the Penguins to win that game and a nice little preview for um, 
for Seattle and looking at them. Coming up in the second segment, we're going to get into the Penguins lines for that game, look to see if there's any lineup changes, and I'll just give my thoughts overall on what Mike Sullivan, it looks like he's going to do. Now, before I get to that, Bandline is your number one source for betting football and the start of the new basketball season. You can find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news podcasts, and in-depth analysis on every game. And as always, Benaline remains your continued source for all of your sports wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. It's the fastest, easiest way to check in on all of your favorite games and events, including MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf. You can head to the website today or use your phone to learn more. That has been online where the game starts. All right. Welcome back to another uh, welcome back. To this episode, excuse me, of the Locked on Penguins podcast. The Fridays are getting to me now. Uh, I am your host, Hunter Hodes. Well, fo- fo- follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. That's just twice in two seconds that I just totally almost lost my train of thought. Anyways, let us get into the Penguins lines for this game. A couple changes for Yins. I'm going to look at the workflow for you all right now. So... Carter Gensel and Archibald were not at practice today. Got some updates for you all on that. Jake Gensel was sick, so they left him at home. Right now, I would say he's a game-time decision. You know, It looks like it's just a total little stomach bug going through the locker room. Chris Tang, I think, had to miss a game. Judah, he was right back out there. Hopefully, this is nothing serious. Hopefully, he'll be able to go out there. Um, Josh Archibald, he had a maintenance day. Would assume he's good to go for tomorrow. And Jeff Carter is still day-to-day. Teddy Bluger took full contact, centered uh, regular line, also took PK one minutes. He's eligible to come off injured reserve on Saturday. It looks like he is going to make his return. I'm going to go into that in just a second. But so for now, Heinen, Crosby, Rust, Zucker, Malk, and Raquel. Again, I, I wish they would put Raquel back up there and Rust down on the second line. I think Rust so far this season has worked better with Malkin compared to Crosby, and they always have you know great numbers together, Malkin and Rust. That is, you know, it's like, 55% of the shot, shot attempts, the course, excuse me, almost 60% of the scoring chances, same with high danger chances. Um, they they work very well together. Um, I understand that, you know, that Sullivan wants to spark up that top line just because Gensel, Crosby, Rust has been really good in the past. And I know Heinem is at practice for this one and, and, and Gensel's dead. But I still think with what I've seen this season, I prefer to have Raquel up there, especially because he's been, I think, the most consistent forward outside of Gensel. I mean, I think he's also a natural fit for Crosby. That's just one man's opinion, though. I I just, I think if they were to flip-flop them, that would be better. Um, third line, McGinn, Bluger, Kapanen. So again, it does look like Brock McGinn is, I mean, excuse me, Teddy Bluger is going to return in this game. And, you know, th- th- this should be big. You know, I, I know some people are down on him. I mean, I was told over the offseason that they included him in the original offer to go get Jeff Petrie, it was going to be Marcus Pedersen and Bluger, but Montreal declined to that. They wanted Mike Matheson, and, you know, so far the Penguins haven't collected their investment with Petrie, but, you know, as Rob Rossi was telling me on Thursday, he wants to see more time um, when, it, when it comes to him, and, you know, I, I want to see more from him too, obviously. But, you know, Bluger, hopefully he can be a player that can really spark that bottom six. And I know I've had a lot of people that has been telling me this lately. Well, Hunter, I know the PK stinks, but you know Teddy Bluger is going to be on there soon, so maybe it's going to magically improve. I have my doubts, just because I think it's more just the execution-wise. Sure, it's a little bit personnel. I don't think Ryan Paling belongs in the penalty kill. You know, Brock McGinn doesn't really know what he's doing on there either. But you know, Bluger's usually one of their best, so I'll give him the benefit of the doubt, and I'll see if he can really 
change up that unit. You know, Zach Nassimese, before he got traded, he was one of their best penalty killers. You could definitely see that, you know, it went down a little bit after his absence. And I know he didn't score a lot, but defensively and on the PK, he was really good. And I would say the same for Bluger. Defensively, he's a really good bottom six center, still brings that scoring touch. But I am curious to see how much that PK improves, if at all, with him on the ice. If he is, you know, the bread to that unit's butter, we'll see if that, that made sense, right? Yes. Yes, yes, yes. If I, I, I don't think, you know, he, well, you know, if, whatever, whatever. You, you all know what I'm saying with that. But, you know, if, if he is that kind of thing right there and the unit improves, then I'll be like, okay, you know, those struggles were because Bluger was out. But if it's not, you know, I'll, I'm kind of going to be saying the same things at this point. But it is going to be nice to see him back. He missed 11 games. Looks like he's going to be centering the third line with McGinn and Kapanen. And then Ryan Paling with Sam Poulin and Drew O'Connor. I would assume um, if Gensel and Archibald uh, are able to play, I'm guessing probably Poulin and O'Connor come out. You probably will get Archibald down there on that. I have to guess here. Yeah, if I had to guess, if both Gensel and Archibald are able to play, they would probably go Gensel, Crosby, Rust, Zucker, Malkin, Raquel, probably Hein, Heinen. I think they actually would go Cap. Yeah, I think they actually, I think they actually would go Heinen, Bluger, then Kapanen, and then they would probably have McGinn with Paley and Archibald um, on that fourth line. That is my guess, though, if the both are able to play. So I think you would see Pungan and O'Connor come out and Gensel and Archibald in um, as they're able to play. Defensively, Patterson and Petrie are still together. Joseph Ruda and Rubito are rotating. And I am sorry to say, Jens, yes, Ryan Dumoulin is on the top period. I do not understand what Mike Sullivan is seeing in him at this point. It is a very baffling decision. Um, I, I know that people are really upset that the team is not making any changes. I get it. I hear your frustrations. It's definitely a choice. You know, Mike Sullivan's making his bed with that one. He's lying in it right now. It's obvious that they have a lot of respect for him. I think they want to try to see if he can turn it around, but it's been 11 game sample size so far, and he's looked pretty freaking washed to me. So I don't know, man. If it were up to me, I'd move one of Pedersen or POJ up there with Latang, see what you got with them, with the, your franchise defenseman, give Dumoulin some. Easier matchups with Jan Ruta. You can put him out there against third and fourth liners from the other teams. I think he would, I don't know if he'd fully eat them up, but they would be easier, you know, matchups for him rather than going up against the opposition's top line every night. I mean, among defensemen, he's like top five and, you know, goals allowed when he's on the ice. You know, I don't really look at plus minus and stuff. I think that's probably one of the most useless stats in the league, but the fact that he has been on there for a lot of goals against um, with his, with his minus, you know, that also matches up with the eye test. Again, um, I will say this one more time. I do not like plus minus. I think it is a useless stat just because, oh, you know, players are on the ice for goals against all the time. I don't think that tells you anything. You know, it, now if your plus minus is really bad, like I think that could tell you something like, okay, like your detriment to the team, like Jack Johnson was a couple years ago, you know, like Brian Dumoulin is right now with how many goals he's been on the ice against. But, you know, if people's main arguments for a player being bad or a player being good is their plus minus, um, you know, I just, it's just weird. You know, I look at so many other numbers you know, when I, when it comes to that, but still I'm, I'm frustrated by it. I know the penguins aren't making enough changes right now. 
know, I think if they continue losing, Mike Sullivan's going to have no choice at this point. You know, it's obvious that I think he sees this team that they're going to break out of it soon. So, no, it's a gamble, but you know, we're going to have to see if that pays off for him, to say the least. Um, so that wraps up the second segment by going into the lines. So a little more to get to for this final segment of the uh, the show. But before we get to that, if you've thought about securing your home with home security but have been putting it off, you'll want to listen up. Right now, Locked On Penguins listeners can order the number one rated Simply Safe home security system for 50% off. This is their biggest offer of the year, and you won't want to miss it. Simply Safe was named the best home security system of 2022 by U.S. News and World Report a third year in a row. In an emergency, 24-7 professional monitoring agents use fast protect technology exclusively from Simply Safe to capture critical evidence and verify the threat is real so you can give you can get priority police response. 24-7 professional monitoring service also only costs less than $1 a day, less than half the price at ADT's um, traditional professionally installed system. With the top-rated Simply Safe app, you can stay in complete control of your system anytime, anywhere, arm or disarm, unlock for a guest, access your cameras, or you can adjust your system settings. Don't miss your chance to stay big on the only security system I recommend. Get 50% off any new Simply Safe system at simplyslave.com slash locked on NHL today. This is their biggest discount of the year. 50% off new Simply Safe system. That is simplysafe.com slash locked on NHL. There is no there is no safe like Simply Safe. All right, I'm back here on this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. You can also follow the show's Twitter at L.O. with Penguins. And of course, thank you all so much for making this your first listen of the day. Um, going around the league a little bit, awesome to see Yarmir Yager's response to Jason Zucker again. I, I mean, I loved that salute. You know, our nice Jewish boy, Jason Zucker. Um, I, I can't wait for the day that Yarmir Yager's jersey is retired. Um up in the rafters. I'm hopefully going to be there for that game, uh, to say the least. Um, look, I, I don't usually get into this kind of stuff on the podcast, but you know, it's it's around the league and it's making a lot of headlines. If you all follow the league as much as I do, I'm sure you saw the Mitchell Miller stuff today. Um, when it comes to the Boston Bruins, Don that Don Sweeney press conference was honestly just embarrassing. I'm usually someone that is all for second chances. I mean, Lord knows I've made a lot of mistakes in my life, but the fact that this guy has not even come out with an actual apology for the kid that he racially bullied all those years is very disturbing to me. You know, in my opinion, the, to play in the NHL, it's a privilege. It's not a right. And I think, you know, this just goes to show that the NHL, they're still so backwards when it comes to this stuff. Um, you know, people are, I'm sure people are going to come to me and say, well, you know, the guy was 14, blah, 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 blah. But, you know, when I was 14, I didn't racially bully someone. I had the common sense to not be a total idiot to people like that in real life. And he didn't just do it like for a week or something. He did it for multiple years. And it was enough that the Arizona Coyotes literally denounced him and they released him right after they drafted him. So um, it's all, it also looks bad when all of the Boston Bruins players, well, at least after what Don Sweeney said today, he was like, yeah, some of the, our, our core players were like, why did you do this? It's like, yeah, that's not the greatest answer you can give there, Don. And he was like, yeah, I'm also not so sure if I would do this if it was my kid that he racially bullied or this could be the wrong move. It's just like, dude, like you're saying all the wrong things there, man. Like all the wrong things. Like you either make this move and you're confident about it or you don't make this move and you're not confident about it. You can't just make this move 
and not be confident about it. It's just a really weird situation. And again, I just think it's a bad look for the league. Um, it's obviously, at least to me, that the guy is not sorry for what he did. He hasn't even there's apologized to the kid. You know, the, the, the victim parent's mom even said, like, he tried to message him on Instagram, but that was it. It's just like, that's nothing, man. Like, that, that doesn't change a thing. So, you know, that's my little tangent on that. It's one of the biggest stories surrounding the NHL, and I want to take the, take the time to talk about it. Um, on today's episode, you know, if you disagree, you know, that's, that's your opinion, um, at least, but, um, you know, this is, uh, back to the Penguins a little bit. Um, this is their last game on Saturday. That's their last game for a few more days. They will go to Washington on Wednesday and then they have a lot more road games after that, before they come home and play Toronto. Again, I will be at that Toronto game on November 15th. That is also my 25th birthday, funny enough. So if you're going to the game, let me know. You can DM me on social media. You can comment on YouTube um, and all that stuff. But um, that will basically do it for this episode of the Locked on Penguins podcast. Wanted to, you know, just touch on a couple of things league-wide and, you know, just finish off with a little bit look at the road ahead and all that stuff. So, again, thank you all so much for listening. I really, really appreciate it. And I'll be back with another episode for you all on Monday to recap that game um, against Seattle. Hopefully we'll be talking about a Penguins win and not a seventh straight loss. So again, hope you all have a wonderful weekend. Let's go Pens, and we'll see what they can do on Saturday. Have a good Friday, everybody.